Welcome to Blue Sky Radio, a show built around the narratives and opportunities in the commercial and industrial air cleaning space. My name is Ben Wiggins. I'm your host, and I'm here with the man himself, the founder and CEO of Blue Sky Global, Dr. Michael Seitz. Michael, what's Hi, going ben. on? Uh, good to see you. <laughs> As a reminder, you can click the link in the description or call the number in the description and use the promotional code blue sky radio to get your first week of rental on us. Have you been able to cross any items off your bucket list recently? I have not. The bucket keeps getting deeper and wider and larger. Is there, is <laughs> there water okay. running out of the bucket? <laughs> I don't know. I can't find the bottom at the moment. <laughs> Michael, in our first episode, we talked a little bit about how Blue Sky got its start with respect to mobile dust collectors. Can you help us set the tone with respect to larger collectors and clean air zones? Yes. So um, everybody's, I think, familiar with with cleaning air in a home. Mm -hmm. You know, we have these little air purifiers these days. Yeah. Ion filters and HEPA. So when you get to industrial spaces, um, it's big volume air movement. Right. Um, a good analogy is air conditioners. When you've got your air conditioner at home, and if you go and look at commercial air conditioner, it's really big. Sure. Really cold when you get into it. Yeah, the, yeah. Know. Cool breeze smacks you in the right, face. Right. Because it's high volume, high circulation, big spaces. Yeah. Big fans. And so when it comes to air purification, you've got the same thing going on because you've got a lot of people, maybe a lot of activity. It's industrial space, so a lot of people welding. And um, you've got to move a lot of air to be able to keep it clean and refreshed. Like in a plane. If you're sitting in a plane, there's a lot of air moving the whole time. You can hear it. You think you're hearing the engines. Yeah. A lot of the time you're actually hearing the air conditioning or yeah. the air purification going. Okay. So Blue Sky focuses only in the larger space areas for either um, industrial processes. Yeah. So something that's... Uh, making a lot of dust because of grinding or welding yeah. or during the period of COVID, which is still continuing sure. um, to remove the potential dangerous bugs that float around or uh, viruses. Yeah. Are, are clean air zones well understood? Um, clean air zones is a concept that was born out of the idea that not all spaces need to be equally well um, taken care of. Uh, example, if you've got a gathering area where a bunch of people get together to have coffee or to have a meeting, sure, that would be a more um, appropriate place to keep the air really clean from a COVID perspective than, say, an area where one person may be working alone or a corridor where one person occasionally walks to go to a new you know, area. So that was those, those areas we'd say are less critical and then we want certain places where you can go which is a clean air zone where there's a lot of filtrations a lot of clean air and yeah. you don't sit there and have a conversation with somebody and not be concerned you, you know that you they may be transmitting covid or what is the difference between um, i'm going to call it your method although it's it's yes. kind of a broader method but uh, your method of purifying air and other more traditional methods Okay, it's a good question. So we haven't really done anything new. What we've done is we've thought about it in a different way. So air filtration has been around for a long time. Yeah. HEPA filtration, they've been using it in hospitals, as an example, on aircraft for 30 years, 40 years. Um, so the idea of filtration is not new. 
the idea of moving a lot of air is not new, right? If if you're trying to clear smoke from an area, you blow a lot of you know air in there to clear the smoke. So that's not a new idea. Uh, what we've done is we've really said, hold on, you need to focus about the direction of the air movement. Yes. The concept of cross infection. So if I'm sitting here and there's a fan behind me, very gently blowing air onto you, you're continuously breathing in what I'm breathing out. Yes. So if I was sick, you got a 100% chance of breathing in what I'm breathing out. Right. Okay. If we put the fan behind you and blew it in my direction, you wouldn't get any of my air but I'd get all of yours. Right. So the most logical thing is, well, why don't we just blow the air up or down? That yes. way neither of us are getting each other's air. So now comes the question, what is the best way to blow the air? Up, suck it out above us or down? Well, when you're cooking, there's hot air rising and you obviously want to suck out from above. Right. But the surprising thing is when we breathe, we're kind of predominantly breathing downwards. Your nose is actually pushing down. Hmm. And the heavier particles, the heavier particles, which would really be laden potentially with, say, a virus or little spit particles, they tend to float downwards, okay. evaporate. So why not work with gravity, work with the natural airflow as we're breathing out, take the air downwards, so blow clean air from above. That's what oh. happens in a plane. Okay. The air is being continuously blowing in from the top, sucked out at your feet. Right. And so you want to use the natural convection of our breathing and the dropping of particles to go down and then just suck it out like in a bathtub. Just suck that dirty air out and don't allow it to be brought back up. Hmm. Keep it low. Yeah. Because, Ben, it's actually quite interesting. As I'm breathing out, my air is going down. Yeah. Your body is warm. So what happens is as the air gets around your feet and everything, it starts rising up around your body. Hmm. So you're actually systematically breathing the air that's coming from floor level. Huh. Because it's rising up at your body. But if there was something to suck it out at floor level, it would just disappear and we'd keep refreshing you from above. And then you have you have something that's blowing it in from the top. Right. It so out predominantly you want to bring the air in from above yeah. and then suck it out at ground level. And hmm. sucking is an amazing thing. You don't have to have millions of suck points. You just need a place where predominantly the air at the floor level is been taken away. And from above you've got this cool breeze just blowing in from above. Hmm. Not blowing, it's actually not blowing. It's just moving gently down over you. You don't want to feel blowing. It's not necessary. And so the only point where you need a motor is at the bottom? Outside. Uh, right, okay. So basically what you're doing is you're sucking in fish tank. Yeah. So in a fish tank, you have exactly the same system. Right. Um, the water is sucked in through the gravel uh -huh. and then brought in through the top. Uh -huh. And in the, you know, in the process, there's a filtration system and everything going on. Right, and then how do you... So the directionality, this surely, I mean, this is not always easy to implement, I'm sure. Oh, it's actually a nightmare to implement. Oh, okay. Because modern structures are not built that way. Right. We have air conditioning ducting Yeah. Um, with vents at the top. So predominantly they're blowing air in at the top, which is fine. Yeah. But the, but the intakes and that aren't strategically placed. So what happens is you blow air in from one side, it'll cross from you to me. Yeah. And then out somewhere behind me. That's the traditional flow pattern. What you really want to do is go like more like with a plane where you've got a whole bunch of intakes so that we're preventing cross flow. Yeah. Maximum, say, 45 degrees. So it may go in just behind you and then down over here. Yeah. So 
new buildings or even existing buildings need to be rethought in terms of flow direction, flow volume, and filtration before you bring it back in the room. Really, really good quality filtration. But it's a lot of air you got to move. Right. Is one of the biggest issues then that you're dealing with the the way that architects are thinking about building buildings in the first place? Absolutely. The concentration or the focus has been to um, keep a building cool. Right. And so the direction of the airflow doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if it's going across. You just want cool air to move across the room. Right. Well, And it's actually probably better if it is going horizontally. Right. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Now suddenly we're in a, in a regime, I believe, where A, you've got to move a whole lot more air. We don't need to remove that much air to keep a room cool because it's not being heated up. But when you're breathing, um, good to think of someone smoking a cigar, right? right? Somebody sitting in the corner of the room smoking a cigar. Yeah. Well, first of all, the last thing you want to do is be downwind of that person. Because yeah. as he's smoking, it's, oh, my goodness, could you sit over there, please? Right. Okay, so, and then it's, gener- it's, it's a high generation of stuff. Yeah. So somebody's, you know, hacking COVID or just breathing COVID and chatting, mm-hmm. they're continuously generating a whole lot of the stuff, like that cigar smoker. So you need this high volume the whole time, high volume, high volume, blowing down, blowing down. Aircraft. Yeah. Again, we're always back to aircraft. It's been around for a long time. We just have never had a need to implement it in you know, a public space. Right. How does Blue Sky handle this? Okay, so what we kind of became aware of is that here we have a large machine very very powerful um developed for industrial spaces where somebody's welding or grinding and there's just a whole lot of pollutants being you know ejected into the air mm-hmm. and um so we already have the mousetrap hmm. a very powerful very efficient HEPA filtration system that could immediately be implemented in a large public space but here's the incredible thing we had is in the industrial area where you've got asbestos or or nuclear, you know, radiated dust, you're dealing with dust species where nobody would really ever want to get their hands into that after you've collected a whole bunch of the stuff. Because at the end of the process, you've got to clean the filters. You've got to clean the machine. Mm. Somebody's got to go and do that. Right. So Blue Sky, have we have the system where you never touch the filters or anything. So along comes coronavirus, and we got a high-volume, powerful filtration system that you never have to touch when it's contaminated. Huh. Well, what a dream. Now you may have filters that are in a public space where you're not only dealing with COVID, you're dealing with all sorts of potential um, fungi, yeah. skin, everything is getting caught up in these filters. Sure. That's the last thing you want a maintenance technician or somebody um, to go in. On aircraft, you see... Singapore Airlines had this lovely advertisement running of cleaning the HEPA filters. Yeah. And everybody's in Tyvex and blah, blah, blah. Well, these are still relatively small filters. Yeah. When we're talking large filters uh, for big public space, these are monsters. Yeah. And so how, you, how big how, how big are we talking? Um, I mean, we're talking stuff that would take a man, he'd pick it up. If you had to bag it, it would be a big filter. Right. Um, it's not a little thing that you pull out of your vacuum cleaner. Sure. And there's lots of them. So it could take hours literally to take out the filters. Huh. With Blue Sky, it's all encapsulated. It's closed. Nobody ever touches it. You take the module out, mm-hmm. call it the Smartbox module. Right. You pluck it out. You put a new one in. You turn the machine back on. And now you've got a box with all the bad stuff inside it. Huh. 
How right, now you handle the box? Yeah, yes. How and how how heavy is all of that? Well, it's heavy enough that you'd need like a pallet jack or a forklift to move it around because we're talking about big stuff. Sure. So it's it's not convenient, but it's usually outside. Uh-huh. Or if it's inside, you could roll it out. Hmm. Okay. But it's always movable. But again, you don't have to take the elements that have got all the junk on it yeah. out by hand and then put new ones in very carefully. Okay. And then so what about the primary frame itself? Well, you know, you mentioned earlier that it's smart box module. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if if you were to come in as a replacement, you'd roll the smart box in. Mm-hmm. You'd op- you'd open the machine. Yeah. Pull the old smart box out. Push yeah. a new one in. Yeah. Close it up, and you'd be done. Just like changing inkjet cartridge. I mean, think about an inkjet. Yeah. You don't really see the ink. You don't get carpet. You know, ink on the carpet or anything. You just open the machine, click out the inkjet yeah. cartridge, put a new one in. Mm-hmm. So this is a just a very large version of that concept. And then what about the the mainframe, like the the the, the device itself? Right, I the, guess the fan, the ducting. So that yeah. all remains there. Okay. So we integrate kind of a lifting device so that you pick it up, you mm-hmm. pull the thing out, you put it down. Right. It's all very large equipment. Yeah. And so no, that makes sense. Um, it's not a question of just somebody doing it very easily. You know. Yeah. It needs to be properly done. But where does that all? Where does that live? Uh, you you mentioned how you know that normally the air conditioning unit will go outside. Is this the same? Like, how can you integrate it? How do you integrate it into the building structure? In the ideal world, it would be in a utility room. Yeah. Or outside. Okay. Um, on a roof or something. So if oh. it's, I would say that during the COVID period, I know this sounds bizarre, but I was recommending put the machine right outside, hmm. highly visible. Let people see that you oh, have a true. big machine running there. Yeah. Feel safe. Okay. Splash it all over. This space has been cleaned by a blue sky machine. Yeah. Educate the ducting, the piping, make it bright colors, integrate it into the architect of the building. So people know, okay, this space is being specially cleaned. Right. Well, I mean, by that argument, you could just put it in the room. You could build it in as a feature of the room if you wanted to. I would. If you can't hide it, flaunt it. Sure. Show that the air is clean. And it just takes a little bit of time. People get used to it. Right. You've just got to make it attractive and visible and know why it's there. And then it becomes something you look for. Right. Rather than something you don't want to see. Right. It just requires that imagination to integrate in a smart way. All right. The concept makes sense. My question is, why not just upgrade existing HVAC? And and that's the reaction we've got mostly. Why not just put a HEPA filter in there and just go for it? Okay. Haven't we achieved it? Right. The answer is no, because we are trying to increase the volume of flow through the room. You can't just do it with air changes of three to four. In an HVAC system, the air changes are four times an hour. Mm-hmm. Five times an hour. That's not enough. We're breathing every minute. Oh, yeah. So we have to bring in a high-powered system. And now we are collecting a lot of junk out of the air. So it really is important to think about the maintenance of that system. Right. And that's where Blue Sky comes in. We have the power to move a lot of air through HEPA filtration, which needs a lot of power and a lot of air. Yeah. And when you've caught all the stuff... We know how to deal with it because it's all in the box. Oh, you right. don't need right. special because you're really dealing, I'm going to put this in kind of quotation marks, you're dealing with medical waste. You're dealing with the stuff that we've been breathing out and that's come off, that's floating around and we've captured it and concentrated it. 
Yeah. So you want this in a safe box, like Sharpies, right? You want syringes in a box and nobody's got to handle them one by one. It's very, very important. So the blue sky is really the answer rather than just going HVAC, you know, HEPA filters. No, no, no. More air, more strategically positioned. Yeah. And you don't have to re-engineer your building for that. Yeah. You have to rethink your building. You have to bring in more stuff. But you don't have to knock down walls and things like that. You can bring in an internal structure through clever engineering. Remember we spoke about if you can't hide it, flaunt it. Right. Bring it in. Show it. In Europe, it's very common where you have old, old historical buildings and they want to bring in air conditioning. Okay, they bring in the ducting through smart architecture. You know, smart architects out there, how do you bring in pipes, vents, things like that? that it looks really cool and people go, oh, wow, I see there's something in there to make me safe. Yeah. And I can smell the difference. Have you thought about pitching this to HR departments? Tried. So where one's got to um, try and make it visible are the folks who make the decisions to purchase and implement new ideas. Sure. We had a wonderful case, and I'm glad you've opened this up, it was a large corporation. They had had a um, water damage, a flood within their building. I think it was actually part of a weather event. Right. And as part of the remodeling, they became aware of Blue Sky. Uh-huh. And they were going to um, implement the full Blue Sky package. Yeah. Actually put it on street side, really um, fantastic. Large, large corporate space. Unfortunately, because of the change in the economy, that company um, went into liquidation. Oh. We'd already had everything there. Oh. Can you imagine how sad that was? Yeah, yeah. But that was an example where the HR side had recognized that they could really be proactive and lead the way. And they had the funding because they had to do a full remodel anyway. Sure. But it's pretty hard, Ben. It's amazing um, to try and introduce a new idea and get the funding buy-off. Right. It needs more than enthusiasm. It needs a commitment to um, bringing you know, better quality air into the workspace. Sure, sure. You mentioned previously... It's courage. <laughs> no question. Well, speaking of courage, you talked a little bit about how clean air zones would have helped a little bit during 9-11 cleanup. Can you speak oh, a little goodness. more to that for our audience? Absolutely. So let's take it into the um, context of um, an emergency situation, 9-11, maybe uh, a Japanese situation. We got a nuclear, you know, disaster yeah, people are wearing... Fukushima, yeah. a, f- a big fire, or even a military area, something like that. So people are going out, they're working in the dusty environment, mm-hmm. which has been recognized as dangerous. And that if you could create a clean air zone, that would be a cafeteria zone, not necessarily only the change rooms, but certainly change room, locker room, sleeping quarters, somebody needs to take a nap, yeah. uh, maybe a, a, a medical area. But I'm thinking refreshment, relaxing, maybe watching some TV, just getting off your feet. Yeah. Turn those, turn certain areas into clean zones where you'd bring in a tent even, something quite simple yeah. with a big blue sky machine running and an air conditioner. Of course, you want to do temperature control. But the most important thing about that is a clean air or a clean air zone isn't a negative pressure zone it's a positive pressure so you're actually creating a space which is under positive pressure yeah so it's always blowing out of the room and the room itself has got pristine high quality air so you come in there you change and you can just sit down and the air in there is 
pristine, perfect quality. Something and this, relaxed. Something this makes me think of, and it's I guess it's a uh, more of a general question as well. How long does it take to install? One of these, uh, you know, what the pop-up version or the more permanent version, what does installation look like? Well, from a Blue Sky machine, it's literally drop it off, plug it in, because it's a fully encapsulated machine. Just like the millions of smaller little machines that are out there, the big Blue Sky machine is the same deal. So the only work that's required that's different from a small machine yeah. is that we need to move the air to, to different places in the big space. So we, we have a system where we can bring in ducting, we build an internal frame to support it, work with some architects or whatever if necessary, or even with some of the pop-up folks. Let's say, for instance, FEMA decide tomorrow, okay, you know, we like this idea of clean air zones. We have a disaster area. Yeah. We want to create spaces within that, even firefighters, whatever. And we're going to integrate the, the ductwork already into the structure. Okay. Okay. So yeah. there's a blue sky machine that gets delivered on a truck yes. with a generator. It's sucking outside air in because we still need to take in outside air. Like on an aircraft, it sucks in outside air. Sure. It goes through the blue sky machine and is then blown into the facility to provide perfectly HEPA-filtered air that's also air-conditioned. Now, anybody coming out of the work zone, let's say there's been a major fire, let's stick with that thing. Right. Come in, you go to the, to the change room. Okay, that's one space. And then you go into the common area where you can get your... Your, your snack, you can sit down, relax a little bit. Okay. And there the blue sky machine is running outside and blowing the air in. I love it. I love it. <laughs> As a reminder to our viewers, you can go to www.bluesky-global.com for more information. COVID arrives. Yes. Blue sky is sitting here with this, this fully equipped HEPA air filtration system. Yes. Your head explodes with possibilities. Right. And then... It was such an interesting time for me personally because in the beginning, it wasn't sure. Was, was COVID being transferred through hugging, through kissing, through contact, through the vegetables you were eating, blah, blah, blah. There was this, oh, my goodness, wash everything. That's an excuse not to eat our vegetables, folks. You heard it, for, you heard it here first. <laughs> Dr. Michael Seitz from That's the vegetables. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. So anyway, I had jumped you know, onto YouTube. Everything started just saying, guys, 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 this is this is in the air. We're going to do something in the air. We have something that can help, particularly in the large areas, yes. emergency rooms, uh, important meeting places, 911 call centers, the metro, blah, blah, blah. Quickly, quickly get these machines in. Let's at least, um, in, in important places, let's bring fresh air to the people so that the cross-contamination would stop. Mm -hmm. We even went into churches, synagogues, things like that, promoted it. And... Very quickly, there was a lot of interest, but what became apparent was that there was a question that, a philosophical question, oh. and it's something to think about. It's a, it's a valid one to say, okay, so I spend a lot of money to make this room, let's say where we're sitting. Yeah. It's a COVID-free zone, love the concept, whatever. Yeah. But you go next door and you get COVID there. So why am I spending a lot of effort, a lot of money to make my place safe mm -hmm. when you're just going to pick it up next door or pick it up from your mom or from, or from your spouse? Kind of an economic free rider problem to some degree. Exactly. And so I had trouble convincing folks to say, you know, let's at least be safe when we're here. Yeah. Because maybe in this area, we need to come here and know that we're going to be 10 people together in this room 
and it's not going to be picked up here. You're not going to get COVID when you're on the plane. You may pick it in, you know, pick it up in the in in the first class lounge if you're flying first class, but you're not going to pick it up on the plane. Yeah. So I think that was a hard decision for people to make. And then it was also tricky to get word out there because there were so many competing theories and there was just a ton of little machines jumping out everywhere, blah, blah, blah. So people were having a tough decision, what to do, what to do. Yeah, everybody's worried about PPE. The guidance was all over the map. You know, one minute was wash your hands 10 times a day. The next minute was stand six feet apart. Six feet apart was to me still today the classic, like where was the sensibility there? So imagine you're standing in a line Mm -hmm. six feet apart from somebody, they move forward and you go and step into their airspace. So what did that six foot, except maybe the sneeze? I don't know. Not that many people were sneezing on each other. From I, could... I appreciate you not sneezing <laughs> on me. I'll try not to sneeze on you. <laughs> so it's okay. I've been triply vaccinated. Yes, same here. <laughs> with with your with your method being so successful, and I've seen some of the numbers on you know just it's the we ran some tests uh-huh. nine nine nine. Why do you think that? In, from an industrial perspective, there hasn't been broader adoption yet. Because we're so tolerant of bad quality air, it's something that's not immediately visible. When you're uh-huh. breathing in COVID, you're not really aware of it. Right. So we, as people, we have a terrible assessment of risk, actually. We're bad at, at accessing That's true. All right. Prospect Somebody walks theory, into, the, into the room with a gun and we immediately know there's danger. Right. But somebody walks in and is really hacking and sneezing, we also got a sense of, oh, stay away from me. I don't want to get sick. Right. But you're most contagious in that when you're not even that aware that you're sick. Mm -hmm. And so we just don't perceive that risk. Not at all. Mm. And so to to really promote an idea of safety when you don't perceive the risk is really hard. Put your seatbelt on. Well, I'm not, a, I'm not about to have an accident. Well, you might put your seatbelt on. Right. So right. it needs to be enforced. And we were not getting the support. We were not able to convince any governments, any local authorities that this was something worth talking about. Mm-hmm. They would all say, oh, very interesting. We agree. We went to many schools. And they said, wow, we really need to do something. And then the next day they were, you know, on to other topics. COVID is cons- consistently evolving. There's there's going to be another airborne pathogen that's going to come along at some point. I am a company. I am a school district. I am an institution of higher learning that cares about this sort of thing. What do I do? Absolutely. This is a golden opportunity to say, okay, pre-warned, forewarned, we've gone through the experience. It's like clean water, right? Somebody got sick. They really, stomach flu spread around. Now we're going to put in clean water. Clean air is is something that we can do at any point and should be done for the general well-being of folks. You're not only protecting against the potential spread of the next disease or another outbreak of another strain of COVID. Mm -hmm. You're also improving the well-being of people, how well they feel. If you walk into a place that's slightly moldy, a sick building, that's an extreme case. But even just in general, if you have clean air, in a space, if the investment has been made to to put in a blue sky type of system, yeah. right, that'll be easy to maintain everything. The overall well-being of people will improve. Mm. And this, uh, I know it sounds strange, but just changing how a place smells really changes how you feel. 
Which areas do you feel are most necessary for adding clean air zones? You kind of alluded to this earlier, but let's... Right, so, so, so the safe, the, the clean air zones, I would say that where people gather informally mm. is where I would start. Okay. So restrooms. Restrooms have notoriously bad air ventilation. Huh. People do crazy things in restrooms. Those, they should have clean air zones there. Um, the, the water cooler, the coffee pot, the place where people just sit down. I would do it at, at, at um, entrance halls to buildings where people would come in, sit and wait. So if you have a waiting area for people. Most commercial buildings don't have that anymore. You know, it's almost self-service. But there are certain places in doctor's rooms, um, in where you wait at even a public area. If you go to get a new license or you're waiting for your passport, all those areas should absolutely have clean air zones, at least where people are sitting, waiting, mm -hmm. passing through. If somebody's going to linger then more than two to three minutes, as far as I'm concerned, as a little group, you should put in clean air zones, just local areas. Mm. They do it in airports for smokers, right? You have a smoking room. I think there should yeah. be certain areas where the air is much cleaner. It kind of makes me think what this calls to mind for me is those um, is the oxygen bars. Have you heard of have you yes. heard of those? I, so I, I, conceptually, I that's out there. But yeah. now we should put in just clean air zones. Huh. You can just go there and know, and you can have a meeting and just feel safer. I think people would flock to those areas. I personally would. Yeah, same. You can get a, a breath of fresh air, you know, in a clean air zone. A breath of fresh air. <laughs> what is what is the best first step? to moving forward for executives who have been considering this possibility but have not taken the leap? Start small. Okay. So I would say identify the area where people will gather mm -hmm. commonly and where a clean air zone would be appreciated and monitor it. Put it in, have a look at it, see if people like the idea, if there's a tendency to sit there rather than somewhere else. Um, it's a little bit like putting soft music into a certain area. Do people congregate there? Do they feel more relaxed? See some of the benefits of it. And if that starts making sense, then you can expand it and then spread the word that that is what you're doing. Get credit. Get some points for that. Yeah. Yeah. And even on a, on a larger commercial scale, you know, if there was a pharmacy or Whole Foods or or a store that really concentrates on providing an environment, Starbucks. Mm -hmm. You could put these area, you know, clean air zones in or even the whole store and splash it out there. Just say, you know, we care about the, the air that people breathe and we've gone this extra length. And you can go somewhere else and not have it or you can come here and you can just breathe easy while you're here. Breathe easy. And if you've got allergies... Come, you know, spend, so much. A, spend an hour here. So much the better. <laughs> Dr. Seitz, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, uh, Ben. For our viewers, don't forget to like and share the video and leave us a comment if you have a moment and click on the little bell to get notifications. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm Ben Wiggins for Blue Sky Radio.